0: Welcome back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we are going to be talking about the Vikings' ratings on Madden, because that's honestly the biggest football news in Minnesota right now. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to have a fun little game based off of the ratings that have already been released. It's primarily just rookies and the top overall players for each team. Um, We're going to call it too high or too low. And so we'll go through a handful of these players, and that'll be kind of the meat of the show today. Um, We did get a little bit of closure, it sounds like, on Anthony Harris's franchise tag situation uh, from Courtney Cronin earlier this morning. Um, This is Thursday, by the way, as of this recording. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Hopefully none of that will change, you know, in a week. But uh, we will try to kind of finalize the discussion that we've been having for, what, three months now on him. And then we'll finish up with uh, Oregon linebacker Troy Dye, the Vikings uh, mid-round rookie uh, from this recent April class. So that's the game plan for today. Uh, let's start it off here with Madden. So first of all, I'm a big Madden guy in general. And I think that's an important kind of thing to establish here before we, we um, dive deeper into this. Because I really like the game of Madden. Now, that being said, I do not get upset about these ratings. I do not buy too much into them. I do not get emotional about these ratings. However, I do have an opinion on all of them, just like I'm sure every single one of you. So we'll start here with the overall rating for the Vikings. And I took some notes here on the kind of the compilation of news and analysis that we've gotten. Uh, The Vikings overall rating is an 80, right? So if you're familiar with Madden, that's not bad. Uh, It's not good either. (laughs) I, right. Not how much anal- more analysis I can give. It's not great, but it's not bad. So they have an 80 overall offense, an 81 overall defense. That doesn't sound terrible if you look kind of at like the history of Vikings ratings. I mean, the T Jack era was like 76 and below. You know, the Vikings team as a you know as a whole throughout the years has not necessarily been like you know the team you want to pick on Madden, I suppose, unless you're a homer, and I am. So. Um, As far as the overall rating goes, the Vikings are ranked 20th in the entire NFL. Now, there are several other teams that have 80 overall ratings, of course. The difference maker, shockingly, is quarterback play. And that's why teams like Oakland, somehow, and Houston, which was actually kind of a good one, leapfrogged the Vikings here. So we'll start this off straight up. Vikings are 80
1: overall. Is that too high or too low, Drew? Um, It's a number. Now, there's it's, number. it's important to note the Vikings did lose a lot of, like, you know, highly rated players that, you know, on the game, right? So, like, specifically, I think of Everson Griffin. Right. I think of Limbaugh Joseph. I think of Stefan Diggs. So, yeah. that's a good group of players that is not returning, and then you lose – cornerbacks with Rhodes and Waynes that you know on the game are probably like a 78 I don't know what's exactly what their ratings would have been or what they are uh, in the 2021 game but something like that um now you replace Joseph with a nose tackle that's actually we'll talk about Michael Pierce but rated pretty highly in this game Mm -hmm. but at receiver you have a rookie in there yep and then like Tajay Sharp uh so that's going to drop that significantly uh Kirk's rating is not high for, you know, not as high as I think it should be below an 84, We know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to, um, you know, on the defensive side, you know, Anthony Harris is kind of the same way as well. And then on cornerback, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm scared to see what some of these ratings are for the Vikings corners because there's very little experience and, uh, you know, the depth behind Rhodes, Wayne's Alexander last year, uh, left a lot to be desired. So that's scary. And I guess I get it. I get the ratings, you know, uh, a team that went 10 and six last year, loses a lot of key players. Right. Makes a little bit of sense. Right. But, and again, we're talking about matting ratings, talking about a video game here where it's not that serious, but it kind right. of is because that's all there is to talk about right now.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, this is, this is a little bit serious because I can totally see why players would take this personally. Oh, right. They do, like for that, Sure. And they do. Yeah. And I, mean, and I they, get it because... too,
1: because that's part of like, Like there are so many football fans that get their knowledge of a particular player about this guy based on their Madden rating. I literally
0: learned schemes and players for like seven years from like 2004 Madden with Michael Vick on the cover to Drew Brees on the cover in like 2011. That's literally where all like 50% of my scheme and player evaluation knowledge came right from Madden and then was directly applied to film watching.
1: What um, is, what is a I mean, cover three? Watch. The diagram's right there when you pick, pick the yeah. defensive player. Right? Exactly. Defensive yeah. Yeah. Or like oh. a scissors concept or, you know, any of that type of thing, like the levels concepts, they're all in the playbooks on Madden. And so right. you can, you can. This generation
0: learned football basically from Madden. So like the age group of what, like 20 to like 35 ish. Basically, like they learned football and they learned all of kind of the no name players from Madden, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like guys like Peerless Price, for example. He's a legend because he was so good in Madden with Michael Vick, you know, like players like that. Like I used to get Chad Jackson on my team all the time because he was a 78 overall as a rookie and a great candidate to be rookie of the year. Like stuff like that. Like I remember players like, you know, San Antonio Holmes, Sonoris Moss. Uh, Like all these kind of like San Antonio Holmes obviously became a bigger name, but you know what I'm saying? My point being here is people get a lot of knowledge from Madden, right or wrong. So I can see why players would be upset about this. Now, as far as the overall team rating goes, I'm actually pretty okay with an 80 overall, especially if you're going to rate Kirk Cousins below an 84, which I think he really is like just an 84. So I'm not super hurt about that unless it comes back that, you know. Madden gave him like a seventy-eight or something. Then that's gonna be, <laughs> I'll probably laugh at that. Right. But, but overall, I think the point that you made with you know you're losing big, big kind of you know big marketing names. And let's just be real here. Madden is you know a, a huge marketing product too, right? Like it's they're not. <laughs> this isn't pro football focus, right? Like they're not analyzing every single play. They are highlighting the greatest aspects of the greatest players in the game and they are promoting it to, to, to make money. That's what they're doing. I mean, yeah. like they literally in like the most recent, like uh, Madden games have included like shut down corner. Like, do you think, do you think Richard Sherman was truly a 93 last year or are we working off his, his reputation as one of the most marketable players in the NFL because he has an opinion? I tend to think the latter. So straight a little bit off topic here. But my point overall is that I think that the Vikings 80 over, overall rating is pretty fair. And honestly, it might be a little bit high, given the fact that you are losing Stefan Diggs, who when you replace, like you said, the replacement value, there's a drop of what, about 16 points from mm-hmm. Diggs rating to, you know, where we expect, uh, I guess, Tajay Sharp to be, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, moving forward here, let's get into the actual players, because this is kind of where it gets a little bit more exciting. Dalvin Cook, actually, you know what, let's start with Harrison Smith. Because Harrison Smith is the not only the number one rated player for the Vikings, he's also the number one rated safety in the NFL. This says, I have mixed emotions about all of this. Because 95 is an outstanding rating, and Harrison Smith is certainly deserving of it. My issue is they're about three years too late on rating him as the number one safety in the NFL. And I think that there's honestly a very good argument for like two or three of the guys that are below him being like overall a better player right now than Harrison Smith is.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because it seems like Harrison Smith's ratings too are like it's like. He should have had this four years ago, right? Right. Like, it's, right. It's it's pretty clear to I think at least Vikings fans that um, Harrison Smith's best seasons were you know twenty sixteen twenty seventeen that that time frame and since then it's not like he's been bad or like significantly dropped off like some defensive backs are no longer on the roster. There's it seems like it's he's now getting that recognition like four years after maybe it was deserved but um, it is kind of cool to see him at the top of the safeties list when. You know, uh, for years, it's been the other way around where Vikings fans have been like, hey, this guy's really good. He shouldn't be an 85 or whatever his rating has been for the last five years.
0: The comment sections are way different now, too, by the way. All of a sudden, people know that Harrison Smith is a really good thing. It's crazy. Um, For what it's worth, though, um, I I think that Harrison Smith is perfectly rated. The issue that I the kind of the the mixed emotions that I have is kind of his placement amongst his peers. I mean, Tyron Matthew is the closest thing to him in terms of rating at a 93 overall. I think it would be pretty fair to rank Tyron Matthew as a higher overall safety heading into this year. He's coming off of a Super Bowl MVP caliber player on defense that does everything. Um, He's a lot more versatile. I'm sure his man coverage rating is higher than Harrison Smith's. Um, There's a very strong argument for a couple of these other players on this list. Now, that being said, this is the most deserving player of all time to be noted by kind of like the general public, that you are good at football. The analysts already knew it. But for Madden to come out and say, Harrison Smith, you are the best safety in the NFL, that is a breakthrough moment, not just for him, the player, but for the Vikings kind of as a franchise who get overlooked unless they have a Randy Moss caliber player or Brett Favre signs in the middle of the offseason and flies in on a helicopter. thats It's nice to see that for Minnesota. So I'm going to say... St- I'm not, I'm not getting, you know, it's not too exciting. yet, I suppose, but I'm going to say it's pretty neutral at 95. You know, if you want, if you wanted to drop him a couple points, I'd be okay with it. Um, But I think he's pretty much where he should be and really where he should have been a couple of years ago. Uh, The number two ranked player in the Vikings uh, Madden Madden ratings here uh, is Dalvin Cook at 91. He's their number one offensive rated player, obviously. um, And he is, I believe, ranked sixth among running backs. Now there are several running backs that are in front of him that are interesting. And that's kind of what, again, Yeah,
1: that's what we should talk about here is where he belongs in that, the running back ratings.
0: And that's, yeah, that's kind of the, yeah, that's kind of what makes this interesting because I really do think a lot of these running backs like relative to the rest of the scores that Madden is giving out, they gave out a lot of nineties to running backs.
1: Right. I mean, Delvin at 91 makes sense in that, like that's where I, that's the number that kind of jumps out to me. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm always skewed by like running backs don't matter. And so right. it's, 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 to me, it's important that I have to like remember my, my, my brain. Okay. Dalvin's still very, very, very good as a running back. It's just this whole pay Dalvin thing. I don't agree with, and that's getting into my mind when I look at the ratings, but 91, he probably shouldn't be, even be higher based on his, you know, the elusiveness rating, the break tackle ability, um, I saw they they have the break tack the breaking tackle. I think he's like number ten among running backs, which to me seems low, um, considering I think actually just wrote something for zone coverage about uh, Dallin Cook and uh, he led the league in uh, yards per reception after the catch uh, last season uh, among running backs. So like the guy, you know, I feel like the the rushing the running attack the way he is on the ground that's obviously very much in the spotlight, but the way he is able to make yards in the passing game, over 500 yards last year, so many of those catches were made behind the line of scrimmage, too, so he's churning up yards on the ground after making a catch, which, and that's where his elusiveness really is is shown, and I think it's, when you watch it right away, you see how shifty he is and how tough to tackle.
0: I'm with you. I think too low is probably the fair assessment here, um, and that's relative to his peers, because Nick Chubb is in front of Dalvin Cook. That's really the one that I have the biggest issue with. Um, in terms of the way that Madden graded these running backs, it, like for example, Derrick Henry in front of Dalvin Cook. I mean, he was the rushing leader last year. I'm cool with that, you know. Uh, and there are several others as well where it's just it's name recognition. Like Christian yeah. McCaffrey, of course, he's going to be a 99 overall. He just broke like every record in the in the book. He won know?
1: so many people a fantasy championship last year. Like. That's yes. the type of thing too that will play in that, Madden ratings, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's gonna matter in Madden ratings. Uh, and that's part of the reason probably why Kirk is a little bit lower, because his numbers dropped off. He didn't have that four thousand yard season that he's had before. He didn't throw the thirty touchdowns that he's thrown before. Uh, it was a you know, the offense and, and part of the reason Cook is rated higher, you know, the offense fed Delvin Cook more and took away some passing attempts from Kirk Cousins.
0: That's yeah, and that's uh you know, that's uh That's kind of it's the unfortunate truth about the Madden Madden ratings because there's no perfect system for it. I mean, we'd have a problem with it if if they were literally doing it based off of pro football focus grades too. like there's no way to please everyone here. Well, I
1: I, know and that's like Michael Thomas is in 98, I think like that's a perfect example. That guy gets how many targets a game, you know, he's putting up how many catches a game. He had all these numbers last year, but that Saints offense, that wide receiver and tight end, not a ton of options. So Breeze. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, when he was in there, were firing at Michael Thomas all game long. His numbers go up, a lot of catches, uh, a lot of slant routes for eight yards, you know, and that adds up quickly. And he's 98 overall now. Is he a 98 in terms of pure talent, route running, everything? He's probably in the 90s. If he gets the same volume as, say, Stefan Diggs last year, he's not going to be a 98 overall.
0: That seems pretty fair to me. For for the record, it's Saquon Barkley also has a 91. Zeke Elliott at 92, Nick Chubb 92, Derrick Henry 93, and McCaffrey is 99 overall. That's who in front. Who is uh, in front? Of
1: Cook. Just one more thought on those running back ratings. Saquon Barkley seems low at 91.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think that Nick Chubb is really kind of the inflated. Like if if you dropped Nick Chubb down to like number six here, like if he was a 90, I'd have a, I'd be a lot more okay with the ratings based off of how last season played out. Despite the fact that Barkley and Elliott had a down year, I mean, who? There's no one in their right mind that's going to argue they're neither of those guys are top five running backs. Yeah. I think right. so. I'm okay with that. It's really the Nick Chubb factor here. Uh, just, I just have a hard time believing that Dalvin Cook's not as good as Nick Chubb, straight up. So, yeah. um, I will go too low on Dalvin Cook. Uh, that moves us to probably the most interesting one here. You alluded to it earlier, and that's Michael Pierce, uh, the new nose tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. Now we've discussed him in the past. Uh, we've gone over his skill set. Uh, we've gone over his quality of play. Uh, we've gone over the scheme that he came from in Baltimore. Um, we've covered this guy pretty heavily, and I think you know the way that we have the conclusions we have drawn is that he is sort of a light version of what. Linval Joseph used to be. And that's to me not reflective of his Madden rating, which is a 91 overall and puts him among the very best nose tackles in the NFL. Which now. I'm not here. To, I'm not saying that Michael Pierce isn't a good player. I'm not saying he's not top 10 as a nose tackle in the NFL. And I'm not saying he's not worthy of a high grade at a lot of different individual traits in Madden because he is. He's one of the very, very best cloggers you are going to find in the NFL. He is a whole lot of man, and that counts for something at nose tackle. But 91, that just seems a little bit too much for me.
1: See, now I'm going to feel like a hypocrite here because straight up, I just don't know a lot about this guy. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of him. I haven't watched a lot of Ravens games. Um, Especially when I do watch the Ravens, I'm not watching nose tackle closely. So, like, I I don't know a lot about how good he is. And I'm kind of, you know, the research I've done since the Vikings signed him, it's all very positive for sure. But, like, I don't have my own opinion to base this off of. I'm just looking at what everybody else says and sort of his reputation coming in. So, like that's kind of where I'm and it's hypocritical for me to you know say for all these years Harrison Smith's rating is too low he's got not getting the love he deserves blah 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 and everybody else doesn't know who he is like that's kind of where I am with Pierce right now and so I you know 91 probably is right for him uh based on his productivity based on how, how effective he is on the field I just I haven't seen it and that's not because I haven't um That's literally because I haven't seen it. Like I haven't actually watched it. Like that's, it's different than I haven't seen it because I watched Ravens games and I didn't see that impact. So uh, I'm going to say too low just based on the fact that I don't know enough about. So
0: one key piece here that can make this rating look really bad in a couple months and something I don't think that you and I have touched a lot on. I'm sure other shows have, but he's coming from a three, four defense too. In Baltimore, where he was playing next to Brandon Williams, who Mm -hmm. is, you know, one uh, alongside him, one of the most underrated interior defensive linemen in the NFL. So the scheme change in itself is dangerous. Okay. I understand that, you know, when you're moving four, three to three, four as a nose tackle, you're moving about three feet. Right. But at the same time, this is an area where Madden can't truly function correctly, yeah. right? Like, they can't adapt Baltimore's scheme to Minnesota's and be like, okay, if you take yeah. his well, talents and, and directly too, apply it. We
1: don't know. He could be better in Minnesota's he defense. Yes. He could be. We don't know and that. that's what
0: happened with Linville Joseph, for what it's worth. I think a lot of us downplayed that move coming from New York, and he ended up being the greatest thing since Kevin Williams. So – Yes, this definitely swings both ways. And I think that our kind of our reaction to this is sort of a good reflection of that, you know. Sort of a question uh,
1: mark. It's like, yeah, 91. I mean, it's it's one of those where if you're using the Vikings on Madden to play online games, you're like, yeah, 91. I'll take it.
0: Yeah, that's, your, that's the uh, that's the guy you're going to move around with on the defensive line, except for the fact the Vikings have Daniil Hunter, who is, the, I think, the – well, we could do – Let's do Daniil Hunter first. I mean, he's not next in line in overall rating, but let's do Daniil Hunter next because he is next in line on defense for the Vikings. And he's probably the most controversial rating that I think any Vikings player got this year, at least in my personal opinion. Now, Daniil Hunter rate, rated overall as an 89, which I have a problem immediately just because there's not a nine there to start. Yep. I, have a pro- I have a problem yep. with that just inherently just fastest because...
1: player in the NFL uh, ever to 50 sacks. Um, I mean what did he rank last year? He was, what did he have? 14 something sacks last year.
0: Pressures, um, always on top. of the Always.
1: What was he taught? He, I think he and Zadarius Smith, who another guy who got snubbed from uh, that top 10 list in the nineties um, were the leaders in, in hurries last year and pressures. Uh, the next, I think was Jefferson Griffin at number three, who's also not up there. So um, that's, you know, it, and again, I mean, Madden's criteria is different than just pressures and, and uh, you know, cumulative sack numbers. Right. But I think the reputation piece comes out here when J.J. Watt is a 98 still after, you know, I don't know the last time he played a complete season. So, and maybe his, I mean, maybe the injury rating on the game doesn't affect the overall rating. That's probably part of it. Like his injury rating could be, or his uh, durability could be like a 42, who knows. Uh, But that doesn't maybe change his actual rating on the field.
0: So what bothers me on top of just the, the sheer fact that he's under 90 is just, is just bogus, right? Like yep. Yep. the fact that it's, it's on the same level as Saquon Barkley starting out as an 89, by the way, and Madden corrected that very quickly. I would, I would hope they would at least consider doing the same for Daniel Hunter. Cause that's just a travesty at the very least. He's a 90 at the very least, because he is, I mean, 90 puts you in that elite caliber. He is an elite caliber defensive end, He's an elite caliber 4-3 defensive end. He's an elite caliber pass rusher. And let's just be honest here. This is the most annoying thing to me. If you look at him physically and you try to put traits to him and define numbers for that, how is he not 99 across the board? Straight up. Just looking at Deniel Hunter, if you're going to be like his strength. okay. Oh, He's you're talking park. about the
1: individual ratings yeah. there, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, if you look at his strength, I mean, he's top at his position, like, percentile-wise. If you look at athleticism, I mean, you guys all saw the mock draftable chart, right? The spider chart? It's He's 99th percentile in basically everything. <laughs> I, I just don't understand, like, if you're... Where are they taking off points for Daniel Hunter? That's what I want to know. I want to see the numbers, because they're going to do something stupid and say he has, like, 43 on awareness. And that's going to drop him down four points. That Madden has been do- doing that type of thing for years. Awareness should literally just be reputation because that is what that yeah. rating has been used That's for. The for Madden-
1: the Vikings players have been hurt by that, by playing in the Minnesota market, having a more quiet personality. This is a Harrison Smith to a T right now. It's Anthony Harris um, that these guys have more quiet personalities. They don't uh, get their name on ESPN on sports center on the highlights or their clips of highlights. Don't go as viral on Twitter, you know, but they produce the same level as those other guys, right? Uh, you know, like Daniel Hunter does have the name power of Von Miller, but he's producing the same at the same level, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so and that's, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen that with the Vikings player. Harrison Smith got his recognition here uh, just like four or five years after. Probably it was deserved. Right. I'm sure we'll get that with Hunter, too. the nice thing about Hunter, though, is he's only like 24. So like he'll still be in his prime the next time he actually gets a, a good rating.
0: I think he was an 89 last year too. So that's kind of like an if you want to find another little piece to like to irk you about this rating, like if you compare his season from 2018 to the season he had last year, and you're like, oh, same player? No, 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 not the same player. Not, <laughs> I, I have a lot of problems with the Daniil Hunter rating, and really, this is the only one where I kind of get a little bit passionate about because, I mean, he's not going to speak up for himself, you know? Like no, he's a, and he doesn't he's care either. Not.
1: Which it's like care. he's not, he's not, you know, super. Uh, into marketing himself, uh, getting his brand out there. Like, he's not really about that, which is fine. Like, that's totally up to the player. If he wants to be like that, that's fine. I'm not trying to knock him for it. But it's just something that won't be a big deal to him because he just doesn't care. Like, he's going to go out on the field, perform, get sacks, uh, Make money. you know, rattle the other quarterback. Vikings are going to win games because of the way he plays. And may- maybe Madden will notice. Maybe they won't.
0: I would still, if I, you know, if I'm playing with the Vikings defense, that's still I'm I'm using Daniel Hunter as my kind of my individual control guy for sure. I mean, he's still nasty even if he's only an 89. All right, back to offense here to Adam Thielen at 91, who is tied with Dalvin Cook. I should have said earlier for the number one offensive rating for the Vikings. Um, Thielen, of course, coming off of an injury-plagued season, but previously was one of the most consistent pass catchers in the NFL. And when he was on the field last year, he showcased that same type yeah. of consistency. So Thielen gets a bit of this a boost from what we've been complaining about in this reputation department, being that, you know, he let's just be real here. He wasn't one of the best receivers in the NFL last year. It's a medical problem, obviously. Well, and
1: I think it's the J.J. Watt thing, right? It Where is. They're if not taking really away for having for him. having an injury plagued season. They're not. That's not a concern. If, if you're if you were hurt last season for a large chunk of the year, they're not penalizing you in the Madden ratings, which is fine. It seems as, as if now I'm, I haven't looked too deeply into this it seems as if they're being consistent about that, uh, which is good. Right. So, um, that's all, you know, and, and Thielen is past catching ability, uh, contested catches route running. He is as, you know, fine tuned as there is, uh, in the game at, at some of those things. So he's not quite the, um, athlete maybe that some of these other guys are that are near the top there. Um, but he's got, you know, he can put up the big numbers and he will probably with Kirk Hunt as the primary option this year. So I think 91 is fair. I would, I would have guessed and put him probably in that high eighties rate. I'd probably flip he and Hunter. uh, I would have said, 88
0: for I think.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I would, I wouldn't have put him in the nineties if I was just putting out numbers myself. Uh, But you know, kudos to Madden for not uh, knocking his injury in 2019, I suppose.
0: All right, back to defense then I'm a, I'm going to go too high on Thielen as well. Um, Eric Kendricks is the next one up on our docket here. And this one I'm sure enrages some people. Uh, but at the same time, it's also this is a step forward for Madden for me. So Eric Kendricks comes in with an eighty nine overall rating, which again It's too I low. It's too it, low. It is too low, I agree. And that eighty nine, just that number, it's just it's just kind of rude. You know, like it like when Eric Kendricks' buddies from high school, you know, I'm sure he still has it a group of high school buddies that are playing Madden and using Eric Kendricks like just because they're like, oh, dude, that's what I played with in high school. You know, they're like they're going to make fun of him and be like, dude, how, how are they going to give you an 89 and not a 90? That's bogus to me. Like he's he's definitely a 90. I don't want I, like I don't like that. He has to deal with that because that's not his fault that's Madden's fault because Eric Kendricks played like the best coverage linebacker in the NFL last year. Luke Kuechly isn't here to water down his rating anymore. Bobby Wagner hasn't been the same player probably two years now. Still very good, but not the same player that he used to be two years ago when they, you know, the Seahawks were the team to beat in the NFC. I just don't see why Eric Kendricks couldn't be a little bit higher. I I don't get it after coming off of a, a year where he truly deserved defensive player of the year votes. Truly it's a snub to me again and it's a market thing once again yeah
1: Yeah. nobody covers running backs out of the backfield like Eric Hendricks does uh if there's I don't know there's probably not a a specific uh you know attribute in the game for you know covering running backs but he would be a 99 for that if there was uh Eric Hendricks should be in the 90s for sure uh and and now I think Madden deserves credit I hear just for not okay, I'm going to look up the PFF grades everybody and just, that's the ratings, you know? They're not doing that, which they're doing their own ranking system. That's good. Uh, But I'll say this in general. Kendrick's is too low, Hunter's too low. If they were going to base these ratings off of PFF grades, the Vikings would have a much higher team rating. A lot of players would be rated a lot higher too. Uh, Interesting how that dynamic is different. Um, And again, I think it does speak to the marketability of certain teams, certain players that the Vikings are at a disadvantage with, uh, in these Madden ratings.
0: Yo, when the Oakland Raiders get an 85 overall offense rating with Derek Carr as their quarterback and Henry Ruggs as their number one receiver. Does that I really mean, that happened? Yeah, that happened. That's real. That's not good. Right. Yeah. See like that, that kind of thing. That's like sort of where you get annoyed, right? Because you pick a team that has, you know, great face value, great marketability. I mean, the black hole, they move into Vegas. I mean, it just seems like a money grab to me with Oakland, and I'm sure there's a, you know there's a Raider fan that's probably pissed and thinking like, like no no no. But come on, let's be real here. You're the, like that's ridiculous. And some of this stuff is dumb. And if you want to use your PFF like kind of comparison, right? Like if you just pulled all the numbers. Now, PFF has its own algorithm, right? But they also do a lot of charting, which is objective. And that charting, coverage charts, missed tackles, uh, pursuit angle, that type of objective advanced statistical information also says that Eric Kendricks, and we'll get to this guy too, Anthony Harris, Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, all of those guys are among the very tip top of their peers based on their performance from last season, which is what Madden grades are supposed to be about. Right? So this one is, this one is suspect as well. Um, Not thrilled about that, but, you know, again, I think Eric Hendricks was like an 82 last year, like criminally underrated. This is a nice step forward for Madden to recognize that he did have an outstanding year. And maybe in their mind, he's on the cusp of superstardom where the rest of us in Minnesota already believe Eric Hendricks is a superstar. Which yeah. if you want to call me biased for that. I- I'm OK with that because, you know, straight up, we watch everybody is
1: K- biased. Yeah, right. to, to some degree better to admit it and get out of there.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one here, Anthony Harris. Uh This one has raised a lot of controversial takes um, on Twitter from analytics people versus, you know, I guess, film people versus people who are casual fans. Uh, Anthony Harris comes in at an 83 overall. He's nowhere to be found in that top 10 overall safety uh, list. Now, there's a couple of things about this rating that make it so uh, divisive, right? Anthony Harris is... Essentially, like, yes, we have seen him grow up and we've seen him become a very good player, but he's basically a one-year wonder right now for the rest of the NFL. We have seen more Anthony Harris than anyone else because we have seen those kind of flash-in-the-pan plays where he was, you know, as a spot starter. You can't give a spot starter higher than an 85. I'm sorry. That's just, like, how it works. Like, if a guy doesn't play 16 games in a row for the first time in his year until he's 27 – I think 83 becomes a little bit more negotiable, right? Now on the flip side to all that, what I was just saying about advanced statistics and analytics and all those different things, everything points to Anthony Harris being probably the best zone coverage safety in the NFL. His grade does not reflect that. And partially that's a reputation thing, which I'm okay with in this situation because he really hasn't earned a true reputation as being, you know, a stalwart safety. He's at this point, he's vanilla ice. He's a one hit wonder, right? Like the, if he comes back and has another great year and the, and then Madden says he's 83 again, I think I'm going to have a bigger problem, but for now I'm kind of okay with that 83.
1: Yeah, I I suppose. Uh, I still think I'm still going to say too low for the sake of the segment. Uh, you know, the coverage grades are off the charts for PFF. That's clear. Uh, one of the leaders in interceptions, if that's what they're going to go by a box score number, he's also a leader in that. So, uh, it's again, it's just a name recognition thing that, does play into the men ratings, whether they like to admit it or not. So um, that's, this it, is another example. In Minnesota, being in a small market, being up north where nobody wants to go, usually that's going to be an impact uh, in the ratings. It is for Anthony Harris here. Um, and I mean, yeah, the Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris is an undisputed top safety duo in football. Uh, you know, if the Vikings get some cornerbacks to play a little bit in twenty eight twenty, 20, that defense is going to be rock solid once again. Uh, so I, I'm gonna say too low. Anthony Harris, like you said, great range, great instincts, uh, as as a safety in that, especially in zone. Uh, that's for sure too low. 83. I'd put him 86, 87, uh, probably somewhere in there.
0: That seems fair to me as well. Although I, mean, I will you... say, I,
1: I'll add this too. I think Nichols tweeted these numbers. Uh, among safeties, the lowest missed tackle percentage uh, in the NFL. Anthony Harris.
0: And I assure you that his tackling rating does not reflect that either. Right. Yeah, so, so
1: probably, I mean, honestly, in the 90s, it's probably even more correct, more uh, fitting for his production than what I was saying, 86, 87.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, this one, I'm not I'm not as passionate about this one, but I think that there's, again, it's hard to argue with just the, the objective information that we have at hand. I think 83 is probably too low as well. Uh, the last two we have here are the rookies, the top, uh, the first round picks for the Vikings, uh, starting with Justin Jefferson. He's a 74 overall. Now, if you've played Madden before, you know that rookies almost never get even in even, you know, uh, that they really don't even touch the the 80s for the most part. Like, you'll get a Calvin Johnson every once in a while who's like an 81 or a Patrick Willis who's like an 80. But for the most part, rookies are in that 71 to 79 range. So Justin Jefferson at 74, among the top in his class, among the you know the top of his age group, I suppose. I think 74 is probably pretty fair. I'm going to say, honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say too high just because I don't see him produce getting the reps based off of what we know about COVID. Now I don't see him getting more than 500 receiving yards. And I have a hard time giving a player above a 75. That's going to have less than 500 receiving yards.
1: Yeah. It, it, this, the rookies are all interesting, right? Cause I think Jerry Judy and, um, and, you know, see lamb and, and rugs all had like 75, 76, something like that. So, I mean, that's they that's that's one thing Madden has always done is they're never going to rate the rookies too highly right away. Uh, they're going to make them earn that higher rating in the NFL first. So the 74 for Justin Jefferson is is probably higher, like you said, than I would expect a rookie uh, coming in to you know a, a Viking Now, granted uh, outside looking in that number two spot for Minnesota is wide open and there should be a lot of opportunity there to, you know, like a lot of these, these other guys aren't necessarily, uh, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of, uh, CeeDee Lamb in Dallas, right. Where, you know, he's going to be the number three receiver right away. Right. And so that's kind of a down the death chart. Now that's a high octane offense that he'll get opportunities. Anyway, Minnesota likes to run the ball more, yada, 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 but he's coming in as a number two receiver right away. So I think he'll have that chance. Um, you know, I would assume, I would hope the Vikings coaching staff will kind of give him that opportunity with or without COVID restrictions, whatever happens, uh, just because of the rest of that depth chart. So 74, fine with me. I have no qualms with it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. And then we have Jeff Gladney here at 71. Uh, cornerback a little bit different than wide receiver. For whatever reason, uh, it might just be, again, it might be a marketing ploy once again. It might also just be you know their algorithm. But offensive players tend to be rated a little bit higher in Madden like wide receiver versus cornerback, you're generally gonna see more highly rated wide receivers than highly rated cornerbacks. Uh,
1: it's easier the, to be marketable as a receiver. You're yeah, scoring touchdowns, is. you're making cool catches. Cornerbacks, locking down a receiver means you're not even getting thrown to. So there's no highlights. It wears yeah. on the reputation. Man rating is involved because of that. That's That trickle down effect does happen.
0: So the compared to his peers, uh, Jeff Okuda, And uh, the Florida guy, A.J. Terrell, are both 76 overall, 76 overall. Um, Jeff Gladney is a 71. I I think I think Okuda at the top is a no brainer, obviously. (laughs) I don't think there's anyone here that's going to debate that. Um, And Gladney being a little bit older, too, um, a little bit undersized they're a little bit. it's, It's easier to pick apart Jeff Gladney than it is. The guys yeah. that were picked before. Him. Let's just put it that way. So sure. I'm going to I'm I'm going to say 71 is just kind of disrespectful, like just like the number is just a little bit disrespectful. So I'm, I'm going to say too low. But like at the same time.
1: Oh, that's fine with me. It's, that, it's that's fine, totally like, fine it's, with me. That all the rookies are rated that low and rookie cornerbacks in general just don't play well. Like that's just there is that in most cases. Right. Uh, there's always a year of kind of growing pains at that position in particular. So 71 is fine with me and I'm, I'm fully prepared for that to be like the best rating of the cornerbacks and for the Vikings besides Mike Hughes. Uh, It's going to be an ugly year. If you're using the Vikings on Madden and trying to stop, you know, these other offenses that have like Devontae Adams and Julio Jones and whoever else you play against. Uh, Good luck.
0: Uh, So, I thought this was going to be a little bit more polarizing of a discussion, but I, I I feel like for the most part, we kind of agree with Madden with the exception of Daniil Hunter and Eric Kendricks and Anthony Harris, who were just, I think we saw that coming to a degree as yeah. well.
1: Now you know, here, like, I'll, surprising. uh, let's, I, I have these, uh, three more ratings we can discuss quickly. Um, so Kyle Rudolph 84. 84. Yeah. Um, which I think that's a little high, but I guess I'd have to look at his, He's super reliable, speed. don't get – like super There's reliable, great hands, red zone threat for sure. But it, you have to wonder where the athleticism uh, is hurting him.
0: Speed rating has to be like a 64,
1: right? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins at 82, Anthony Barr at 82. I feel like Anthony Barr at 82 is almost high. Uh, Based and on then, recent and bias, yeah. Kirk at 82 seems a little low. Uh, i say low. He's I'd an say 84
0: low. to me. He's like the – he, Kirk Cousins to me is like – he's the embodiment of an 84.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I mean, and look, we saw who the other 84s were on that right. on that list. I feel like he's for sure in that category with with those guys. But um, that's, I mean, I, I those, I don't really have as much of a strong feeling or strong disagreement as I do with, you know, the Daniel Hunter, the Eric Hendricks, the Anthony Harris ones, which that is expected on Madden every year. Uh, and the same thing probably goes for like Cowboy players. Uh, except the flip side where they're probably rated a little too high than uh, or a little higher than they should be. Um, so it, it, it is, it is, it does matter. You know, I'm sure these, you know, when, when EA sports or when Madden uh, creators and these ratings, I don't know if they have a rating uh, system when those guys sit down, you know, they're trying to sell the game too. And so they have to figure out which markets are most uh, involved with their teams Cowboy fan base is huge. The Packer fan base is huge. Forty Niners, the Raiders. You know, now we're moving to Vegas. Like they got to think about that, and it does impact the game. I would imagine quite a bit. So uh, this isn't, you know. With that said, I'm not terribly offended. I'm not offended, but I'm not terribly upset by ratings because, well, one, I'm going to beat whoever I play anyway with the Vikings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But two, those things change throughout the year as well, and so these ratings move guys will get better and it'll be more effective in week seven than it is now
0: absolutely well that discussion lasted quite a bit longer than i thought it was going to so uh we're going to skip the anthony harris franchise tag segment because i'm sure you're probably sick of hearing about that anyways um well, and let's...
1: We, we could we could just just touch on it briefly franchise tag one year uh vikings would i would have liked to see the vikings get Something agreed upon upon for long term, right? One of the best safeties in the league we just talked about is Madden rating. One of the best uh, zone safeties in the league. Uh, You know, uh, I'm sure what happened is Vikings cap situation, not this year, but next year and the year after with the Kirk deal and other ones coming up. Dalvin probably getting paid here soon has an, an impact on that. And now the Vikings are going to be searching after this year, probably. For another safety next to Harrison Smith, or maybe Smith, Harrison Smith will be gone too. Maybe 2020 is that sort of last chance for this era, this regime, uh, before things are blown up. So that's kind of my only take on it. That's not a lot of substance, but that's just my quick take. And now we can move on unless you got something to add.
0: I'll make this point real quick, just because this is the only, this is really the one kind of hard point that I came into this subject with is that. <clears throat> This result, assuming that it holds, and again, I, the NFL is crazy, and the situation is still fluid, despite the fact that it seems like it's kind of over. Uh, this is the best case scenario for the Vikings. You know, uh, I know that we've preached that Anthony Harris deserves to get paid, and I, I stand by that. It's a worst case scenario for Anthony Harris. Yeah. But for the Vikings, this is like the best case scenario. you get got a 27-year-old safety that's coming off the best year of his career, a veteran that knows your system to play alongside your cornerbacks that don't, and he gets to stay for one year and basically he's on a prove-it deal. So from the Vikings' perspective, I mean, the Vikings needed this more than anyone with their salary cap and the situation that they're in right now. I mean, this, this certainly helps the team long-term. It, it allows them to make a decision later on, which is – I mean, in football, if you can prolong a a, a significant financial decision longer than you need to, it works in your favor 100 percent of the time. So this is a win for the Vikings, a lose for Anthony Harris. And as a whole, this is like from the Players Association perspective, they will point to Anthony Harris if he has a terrible year this year and is out of the NFL next year. They will point to this situation as to why the franchise tag is unfair for players because it gives them no mobility as to what they want to do with their career. Exactly. He, he that, would be, that would be the, that would even better. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. uh, that's something to keep an eye on, I guess, for future. Um, and how this, you know, this m- kind of insignificant moment as it stands today could very well become a significant moment, you know, depending on how Anthony Harris performs this season. Um, and we will, uh, you know, it, it does suck for him, especially with COVID too. It just adds that even greater limbo element to it. Uh, but, you know, for, from a Vikings fan perspective, th- they won, they they won this yeah. battle. So. Uh, All right, let's move on to Troy Dye. Let's do him real quick, and then uh, we'll get out of here. So Troy Dye, Oregon linebacker. Uh, He is a middle-round pick for your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, He was – now, Troy Dye, we've we've made points – we've made references to Kentrell Brothers because of the fundamentals. Uh, Now, at the same time, he also has the leadership traits that we've seen, um, the intangible qualities um, that Mike Zimmer seems to like. But the difference between Troy Die and maybe, you know, a different mid-round player is that it's not just intangibles with him. Like, those are great. Don't get me wrong. We could talk for the rest of the show about Troy Dye's intangibles. But there's very, very real potential for his athleticism and kind of his um, – those intangible traits to translate directly to the field because he does have that uh, – he doesn't have as low of a ceiling as, say, a Kentrell Brothers would – Uh, coming into the league because he's not undersized and he's not slow, Uh, but he does have those great instincts like Eric Kendricks had coming out. Something that, you know, I I see when I see Troy die, I think a lot about the situation that Eric Kendricks was brought into because he was undersized. Um, He was a second round pick when he probably should have been a first round pick. Troy die could have easily been a second or third round guy. Um, He ends up following, you know, later than he probably should have. Uh, but ultimately you get kind of a high ceiling player here that looks extremely good on paper. And like, that's, you know, that's all well and good here. Uh, but the difference for me is the fact that this guy can cover right. As a linebacker in the NFL, this guy can cover. That's something that you generally aren't going to find from a middle linebacker that has the physical ability in addition to that skill set.
1: Right. Uh, that's where I wanted to make my point about, about Troy diets that he is, Great for the modern NFL. He covers well. He's really rangy. Um, and the, the technique is there, too, in coverage where he, you know, he sees things kind of right as they happen. It doesn't necessarily have that Kendrick's ability where it's like, I know what's happening before the play, as the snap is made, you know. But he has a quick reaction to things. And so I like that. Um, I think the tackling can get better. Um, but... Overall, I think covering tight ends, covering running backs, which seems to be more and more and more important as the NFL evolves. I like that. And that seems to be something that can be developed moving forward. Uh, And I like him as a piece for the Vikings now, whether it's uh, taking that, you know, those linebacker reps from like Eric Wilson or Ben Gideon, for example, uh, as a special teamer right now. But also, you know, down the road, if Anthony Barr or Kendricks, one of them is that they're split up at that position they need someone that's a full-time coverage guy at that position. Uh, I think Dye has a chance to develop into something like them, not necessarily saying he will be at the Kendricks level or even at the Anthony Barr level, but he has starter potential for sure just because of the template of linebacker that he is coming into the league. Coverage guy, he's still he's lengthy and rangy. Um, that's the template that you need uh, to you know really have job security at linebacker right now.
0: Now I'm going to refer to my my guy Jordan Reed here for a little bit more clarity as to you know the the question marks for Troy Die. Now what we've been doing throughout this segment of looking at these prospects is not just looking at the strengths and you know how they could have an impact, but also how they could be busts as well. And as we get you know closer to the middle of the middle rounds, I mean, the definition of busts obviously changes. So for Troy Dye, like this seems like a very high upside pick, but there are a couple of things about him. And this is my favorite line from Jordan Reed's draft guide. And well, I shouldn't say my favorite line. I think it's the most accurate line. And I think it's the scariest thing about Troy Dye. And it says more of a reactionary type of linebacker instead of an anticipate and chase linebacker. So that's something that is very very difficult at the NFL level if you couldn't do that at the college level, right? I was just talking about how great Eric Kendricks was with his instincts at UCLA, and that's how he was able to overcome some of the, uh, you know, the physical stature issues and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I honestly I, I find I found Eric Kendricks' college film flawless, so I'm I'm fine having, having a difficult time pointing out something yeah. wrong with them. But now with Die the The difference between being a reactionary guy and an anticipate guy could just be sitting in the film room. It could be as simple as that, right? At the same time, he could very easily be someone who just can't learn the scheme. and just If you're never able to anticipate what's going to happen, you are never going to make it in the NFL as a linebacker. It's never going to happen for you if you can't anticipate the play. And so that is a glaring red flag. It's on. It's on the same par for me as Jeff, Justin Jefferson, with his, you know, inconsistency. Excuse me, inconsistency getting off the line of scrimmage. It's on the same par with that. Where it can, this one trait could ruin his entire career, basically before it even gets started, because it doesn't matter how great, how gifted you are athletically. It doesn't matter how long your arms are if you don't know where to be and you can't find your spot when the ball is in motion. It's not going to happen for you. It just doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters if you can't anticipate the play.
1: Period. Yeah, I mean that's especially a linebacker, right? So that, that's why I said, you know, he's he 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 reacts to it as it happens in time. But I think picking up on things, you know, pre-snap is the next step for Troy Dye in that development. So, but I I do like uh I do like the pick. I think there's uh I think the fourth round spot is a little bit. It's a great value for someone of his. Uh, his ability, his skill set. So uh, I do like what he brings. I'd like the competition that he brings to Eric Wilson and Ben Gideon. Um, and then I also think t- the long-term potential of a guy that can cover and be a starter for Mike Zimmer. Uh, I like that as well. So uh, a solid pick. A solid. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's a pretty safe pick, honestly, in the fourth round. You very don't get safe much Safer pick. than you don't get something safer than uh, than what Troy Die brings in the fourth round.
0: At the very least, here I think the floor for Troy Die is a like a Heath Farwell type player, a guy that's going to play six, seven, eight years on special teams and potentially be a captain as well, because he does have that leadership trait. So, you know, if you're getting that in the fourth round, I know it doesn't sound like that much, you know, a career special teamer but that's a pretty damn good career for a guy in the fourth round. Let's just be real here, if you're getting spe- if you're getting guys that are playing for your team for 8 years at any position, that's going to be a good thing. So, this is regardless of how you want to swing this one, and I'm try- I'm I'm trying to find things wrong with this guy. You know, in in my opinion, it's a great value pick just like Drew said, but there are issues and there are concerns and we should consider it a good thing that I have to force myself to find answers to why a fourth round pick might be a bust in the NFL. That should be considered a good thing here yeah. um, for Troy Dye and his experience too, a guy that played a ton of games. I think he played, what is it here? 47 games to the starter in collegiate football. I mean, I like that. That sounds yeah. good to me. That does sound very good to me. So yeah, I like that too. Um, it's kind of a, a rapid analysis of Troy. I don't really have any more hot takes on that player, to be honest with you. The one thing really is just that the instincts with him. Um, and if he can figure that out, I mean, he could be an impact player immediately. That's that's a difference maker for his, for, for, uh, his type of style of play um, and the type of player that, you know, we saw at Oregon. If you turn on his film, there are a lot of things that you will like about Troy Dye. And there's going to be a lot of moments where you're like, I don't know how this guy slipped as far as he did. So. More good than bad with this player. That's the ultimate conclusion for him. Um, and hopefully, you know, he will get that opportunity, given that it's Ben Gideon and Eric Wilson standing in front of him. And at least one of those guys has no business stepping on the field anymore with Troy Dye in purple and gold. And it names, it. names his name is Ben
1: Gideon. Just, you know, period. So, His name rhymes with Gen Beddian.
0: I was going to make that joke, but I, I couldn't think of – <laughs> I, I stumbled there. I'm stumbling to the finish here. So, anyways, that is the end of the show. Um, high, you know, heavy, heavy Madden show today. Uh, we will uh, definitely get back into you know more football news when more football news becomes a thing. But um, until then, uh, we will continue with our analysis of the Vikings prospects. We will be getting deeper and deeper into, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to be getting into like Harrison Hand pretty soon here. So, uh, it
1: <laughs> I can tell you, I have watched zero minutes and zero seconds of Harrison hand.
0: So we will, uh, we will come pre- we'll come prepared, uh, but you know where we stand right now. So uh, that should be a fun discussion in the future. And hopefully the Vikings will give us a little bit more to talk about. Um, but yeah. So thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play Spotify, YouTube, uh, the climb the pocket network. Make sure to check that out. And we are on the daily daily Norseman as well. Uh, you can leave a comment in the comment section. Let us know what you thought about the Minnesota Vikings uh, Madden ratings and what you thought about our opinions as well because I like to, I like to read that stuff. So uh, thank you for listening as always, and we will catch you next week.
1: just go to cars.com It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple.